thank you for tuning in to the More Doors podcast, where we bring you the information you need to make important decisions about investment, real estate, and your overall financial wealth. Today, we're going to be talking with Terry Boone, who has many doors under his control in the northwest Chicago suburb area and in some other areas of the country as well. Thank you so much, Terry, for being with us today. Awesome. Good to be here. So I know that you've been at it for quite a long time, and I'm interested in you know what you were doing in your life before you started investing in real estate. Like, How did, how did the whole process start? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, believe it or not, those infomercials on TV uh, have some impact. I remember shortly out of high school, maybe a little bit later, watching a uh, infomercial, uh, and I'm going to date myself here, but uh, Paul Simon's equity participation um, infomercial, and and just the whole concept of you Wait, know invest- Paul Simon. Paul Simon, the musician? No, 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 <laughs> no. I believe he's a a. Uh, it was an investor from from California, and I think I heard his name not too long ago again too. But geez, okay. this is this is over twenty years ago. So um, th- those those that have been in the business for a long time might remember who Paul Simon is. But his program was called the Equity Participation Program, and I'm not going to get into that. But uh, in any case, it kind of sparked some interest, and you know, you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to to uh, to invest in real estate and, you know, the idea of, of building wealth um, with other people paying down rents was something that um, it kind of excited me. Mm-hmm. And um, what were you doing and how did you save the money? Like, what was the first thing you did? Did you own the house that you lived in first and then you started buying things or did you start with investing right away? Yeah. Um, I started educating myself uh, quite some time ago. I just got into my first home ever, and my, one of my brothers uh, needed to move away. Back then, you could do you could assume loans at the time, um, and I had started going to a real estate investment class. And I got to give kudos to uh, Ed Shoemaker. He's kind of the the, the granddaddy of of. Uh, uh, teachers in my mind uh, started a program many many years ago, and he called it Creative Real Estate Investors, and I think they ran it through the the local college. Many of us went to that, and Ed was a, a, an integral part of you know where I started and and what I'm all about. Just a great guy, you know his his whole formula of pyramiding properties. Um, just a just a super guy. So I, that's kind of where I started. Um, and, you know, the brother needed to move away, so I assumed his loan, very, very long story, but I'll shorten this up as much as I can. Um, he had to move away, bought it, put some money in it, uh, assumed his loan. When I got it done, it was worth a little bit more. I refinanced it, took that money, did another one, did the same thing to my other brother, actually. And I did that a couple of times and then started learning about, you know, the creative ways of, acquiring real estate through uh, like lease options and whatnot. Um, so I did that, got a deal, lease optioning a couple of duplexes in Waukegan, uh, put $5,000 down on each of them and, and just kind of snowballed from there. Um, the whole the whole program was about pyramiding. You know, you buy two, then one, then two, then four, then, and then you just keep pyramiding up. So that's kind of where it started. 
So why don't you tell me, since you are advocating this uh, philosophy that you used in the beginning, this pyramiding, what exactly does it mean? Like, how do you go from one to two to four to however many? Yeah, so back then, it, it was kind of about buying distressed properties for, for X amount, uh, forcing inflation by doing the work or improving them, uh, refinancing the property, pulling that equity out and putting in it towards the next property. Now, if you do one uh, single family unit to, to buy a duplex, um, that's great. You start building equity in that. You do the same thing, force some inflation, do some repairs, refinance it, pull some equity out, buy a, uh, an eight unit. And, and that's, that's literally what we did. We went from one to two to, uh, well, there was two duplexes. So we went from the, the, the four du units there to an eight unit. Uh, that was kind of the philosophy. Um, I will tell you that once you start doing these things and people see what you're doing, banks know that you know what you're doing, um, the deals start to come to you. Now, this may, may be, you know, the sign of times back then and it's different now. I don't know. I haven't been in the acquisition stage for a very, very long time. Uh, I've kind of been there, done that, had have all the units that that I want at the moment and have just been kind of riding it out and paying down some debt. Right. It's funny, you know, the pyramid uh, philosophy you were just talking about, that's basically the definition of what I think the more modern term is Burr. B-R-R-R-R. -R -R. Okay. <laughs> so it's B-R-R-R-R, -R -R, which stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, wow. and repeat, which is, I mean... It's almost exactly what you're talking about. So, I mean, you know, the game hasn't really changed much, but um, but maybe we just get new terminology over the years. That's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't aware of the, that acronym, and I don't, I don't spend a whole lot of time on that now. So it's good to know. So basically, you just started acquiring more and more properties and uh, then multi-units. And how long did it take for you to get to a point where you were able to just kind of work on real estate full time? Yeah, that's a good question. I wish I had the timeline in front of me, but I think I can remember. I quit my job in 1987. Uh, I was uh, 25 at the time. Uh, my wife was working, so she had a pretty good income. Um, bought the first one, kind of started from scratch, ripped everything apart, rehabbed it. As far as being able to support a family, boy, I think it was about 50 units is, is what it took to, in order for both of us to be at home and be able to kind of support, support us. But uh, I guess to answer that question, in 1987, I, I quit there. In 93, we bought our first multi, larger multifamily, which was uh, an eight unit. And then it kind of went quickly after that for some strange reason. Um, our bank had a distressed distress property and then uh, somebody in town knew about me and we ended up buying 16 units there and 12 units there within a, like a 12, 15 month period. So that's kind of where it really started. And then, you know, when I got 40, 50 units, it's like, hey, this is real. This is what we really wanted to do. And uh, we just kind of went from there. And how many doors do you currently own? Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my daughter, Lindsay, said this is quite the chic term, the doors. That's what they call it now. Uh, how many units is doors? Uh, uh, there's actually about 125 residential units. Of that, there's a single family home, uh, seven townhomes in Fort Myers, Florida. We've got like four condos in Fountain Hills, Arizona. And then most of the stuff is right here in Northeast Illinois and Southeast Wisconsin. Um, there's about 117 units. Um, and these are all small six, eight unit, 12 unit apartment buildings. Right. Do you have a, uh, preference? What do you think the most profitable, uh, thing to own is in terms of, you know, a single family, a condo, a two to four unit, five to 10 unit, 10 to 20 unit. Yeah. We're getting into economy of scale. I think, you know, you can have, uh, 20 single family homes with 20 roofs and 20 water heaters and 20 boilers and 20 HVAC systems, or you can have a 20 unit with one or two of those. So I, I think personally, I like the, the multifamily stuff. Um, they're a little bit more management intensive as, as you probably know, but that's kind of the direction that I went. It's just easier to manage, especially when you get enough to where you have to hire people, you're not, you're not sending them to 20 or 30 different single family homes, you're sending them to one or two units, you know, buildings. So that's kind of my idea of that. Right. And so how do you manage your properties? Yeah. So it's just me, Joan, and we have a couple of full-time people that, that we have. And man, I'm telling you, just having good people is really, really good. We have a full-time maintenance guy. We have a gal that does a lot of showings, most of the showings, and then she takes care of a laundromat that we own as well. So it's a small operation. It's just a, it's just us, and we do everything, you know. Um, maintenance, mostly in-house. We do subcontract a lot of stuff, painting, you know, plumbing and electric, some of that stuff. But uh, everything is done right here. I'm, I'm in the office looking around, and, and <laughs> we do it all here. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. At what point did you decide you needed to, you know, make your own sort of company, your own and get an office and start hiring out people as a business uh, to manage everything? Right. Well, that's something that that was is really decided for you. You know, when you get 30 or so units and and at the at the time I was doing some drywall repair, I was doing painting, I was doing flooring. And I mean, I was kind of doing a lot of that stuff. I can't believe it now that I did it. But you know, you get to a point where you can't do it. And I didn't want to do that forever. To answer your question, it's just, it, I don't think you answer that. You know, it, it happens. When you get X, X number of units, you, you just have to hire someone or you'll go nuts. Okay. So you said you have about 124, 125 doors and the typical rents are approximately what? Uh, I would say 850 range. I'm looking at the board here and it goes from a low of, we have just a couple of one bedrooms that are in the 700s and then most everything is 825 to 1000 a month. And they're doing really well too, by the way. This is a great, great time. I, I, you know, for those of you that, uh, that haven't been in the business very long, there was, there has been times where it's been tough. I look up on the board and of 100 units, you know, you have 10, 11, 12 units empty. I mean, it, it has been like that. It's been a very, very long time that that's happened. I have to tell you that being in the rental business uh, right now is very, very good. 
I mean, the vacancies are so low. And so um, I'm, I imagine as you started out, you mostly financed everything um, and had those mortgages. When you would buy things, would they cash flow right away or did you have to pay down a little bit? I didn't have a choice. Uh, this is my this is what we do for a living. Um, everything had to cash flow. Uh, in, in order to do that, yeah, we did have to put some money in, in some of them. Um, it was very low. I, I got to tell you that this was not a get rich quick scheme. Uh, you know, if somebody knows how to do that, let me know, because uh, <laughs> that's not the way I did it. It was a very long process. And, you know, I had a goal. Uh, I remember going to Ed's class back years ago, and he said, you know, you have to write down these short-term blah, blah, blah. And and I, I, I still have this old faded green sheet that said, you know, I want to have 100 units and be able to support my family and, and make my own hours and, and be on my own time. And um, kind of unfortunate and unfortunate for me, uh, I, I, I did that a long time ago. So I've been really super comfortable. I guess the unfortunate thing is, you know, I, I'm surely not growing. I got to where I need to be and, and you know, I could probably ramp it way up if I wanted to. The equity that we have in these places, having them for 20 years or so, you know, is, is a lot. Um, but I'm just kind of comfortable with what's going on. And, you know, I'm getting older and I like to travel and I have places in Florida. So, uh, you know, I'm in a different place than a lot of people are, especially the new new guys starting out. Yeah, I mean, but that's just that is that's the point. That is the reason that it's so important to to invest in these real estate properties and this whole idea of get rich quick schemes and people trying to get you to pay them some money so that they can set up an online Amazon business for you, something like that. I mean, it's all it's all just crooks and con artists, but just little by little you buy a property you get the next property just what you said you improve it a little bit you get some equity then you can refinance take money out and then you get another one and another one and then it just starts to snowball and suddenly you know i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with hey my goal was to have around 100 and i got it years ago and i've just been comfortable and taking care of my family and my business and you know that that's a beautiful thing i mean there's so many people who just have to work a job day after day after day. And if they ever stop working, that's it. There's no more money. I mean, that's the beauty of real estate is as as you get more, you have this passive income that, I mean, in theory, you could, you could contract out all of your management and just sit at home if that's what you really wanted to do. Now, hopefully we all have goals and things we want to do, but we don't have the freedom to do it. So it's just the beauty of real estate is that passive income and that ability to give yourself the time and money freedom that is so hard to get in just a normal W-2 job. I agree with that 100%. And, you know, now that you talk about this, it kind of sparks sparks a few things. I talk to a lot of investors and I have a lot of people in my office that, that come and consult. And one of the, the things that... I'm, I'm not sure that everybody does, but uh, I don't know if it's a great idea, but for me, it worked out. And that is, you know, if you acquire 20, 30, 40 units or whatever the case might be, you know, every four or five years when your loans might come due, commercial loans, you know, if you've got a 25-year AM, you don't go get another 25-year AM. You know, you what we did, if we paid on five years, we, we reduced that new amortization by that five years. And 
And what has happened is pretty obvious. Uh, you know, we ju- we're starting to pay these things off. Uh, we just pay, have paid one off last year, and we've got an eight unit that we've had since 1993 being paid off next year. You know, and as this happens, I'm in my late 50s. Um, you know, you had a $2,000, $2,500 mortgage for many, many, many years, and you worked at it. Next year, I'm not going to have a $2,500 mortgage payment. Uh, you know, two or three years down the road, I'm not going to have another three thousand. You know, and it just it it, it kind of snowballs. So I guess the point is, you know, if people are out there looking, I understand the idea of leveraging and 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 pulling money out and doing other deals. I did the same thing. Just when you do it, um, I would highly recommend you know not going with with new amortizations. Uh, I've heard of people you know having a property for ten years. They have a 25 year M and they go out after 10 years and they get another 25 year M. You know, it's just, you never pay it off. You never get the equity build, you know, the build up that, that I think you should. And that's what the, that's what wealth building is. You know, this is about building wealth for me and being comfortable in my, in my older you know, years. And by doing that, I think you're in a much better place than continually refinancing, pulling money out. Yeah. It's, it's nice to pull money out. Um, and go buy a car or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, it'd be nice to have more equity in the end and, and be more comfortable than, than not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about the philosophy and, and kind of what it means to us to be investors. But for those who are looking to start investing? I mean, what, what types of uh, advice do you have for people who are looking for that first place and they don't know how they're going to pay for it or where they're going to find it? What would you say to those people? Right. Um, I, I will tell you that now with YouTube and the online stuff, my goodness, you know, you have so much information out there. I think if I was to start now, and have all the data that is available now, I probably would go crazy. And when I meet with people, they'll have a hundred questions, you know, about 95 of those, you don't really have to worry about because, because somebody else is going to do them for you, or you're going to have to research it or get an attorney to do it. Um, so I just say, start simple, man. Uh, one of the best banks for the buck and the most valuable places I can, I can imagine being is at your local apartment owners association. There's one here in Lake County that I very possibly might be the oldest uh, uh, running member in that group. But join an apartment association, not only for the education, but the people you meet there. Every one of us are more than willing to just pour out all the information we have. Um, You know, the the stuff like the, the property analysis that I use. I give that to everybody and I see people use that all over. It's a very, very simple uh, spreadsheet. It's something that I, I live by today. So go out to them apartment associations, join one, rub elbows with these guys and networking with these guys is just, uh, it's invaluable. Um, you know, you have a great network of people within that group. Um, read, you know, <laughs> there's so many good, good, simple you know, the rich dad, poor dad stuff, uh, the millionaire next door, uh, who moved my cheat, just all those, those books, those basic books that, that give you the, the basic knowledge that you need to, to kind of train your mind to 
think differently than the, the normal folks. I mean, there's a there's a wealth of information out there. That's probably where I would start. Um, I don't know you. What do you think, John? I mean, do you, I'm interested in your your input too. <laughs> you know, I think that learning as much as you can from the resources that are out there online. There are probably half a dozen YouTube uh, channels and podcasts I listen to religiously. And there's just so much, just what you said, there's so much information. Everything you need to know is out there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe sometimes the, the hardest part is people having this mental block of, I can't get started. Mm -hmm. um, I, there's no way I could ever afford to buy a property, especially in the one that I'm not even planning on living in. And there's just, there's so many ways around that. You could, you know, you could do now the, the current term is house hacking. If you purchase a property, let's say it's a three unit or a duplex and you can live in one half uh, or live in one unit and, Great idea. and mm -hmm. rent the other three. And then you could be living there for maybe a year and then you probably have enough rent coming in if you were to leave that it would pay for itself. So you got this loan for a very low down payment because it was your own primary home. And then you moved out and you bought another property because now you have this asset that's already making money and, and paying for itself. So you can buy another property again that you're going to live in with a small down payment. Um, if I were starting out, I would do that. I'd buy a multi-unit, live in one unit. The next year I'd buy another one and another one and another one until I had like 50 units. And then, then you can just do whatever you want. Would you keep those or would you do uh, like a 1031 into some new stuff or? You know, I've never um, sold any of my properties so far. Wow. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, I have 12 units and it's a great um, start. I think it's uh, I just refinanced two of them. I, I had paid them off and I could have sold them and it would have been a big profit, but when you sell a house, you got to pay realtor fees. You've got to pay taxes. I mean, yeah, you, you can do the 1031 exchange. So if mm -hmm. you've got something lined up, something else you want to buy, that's perfect. But if you don't have anything right there on the burner, there's mm -hmm. nothing to invest in. So, um, so, you know, you'd have to pay taxes on the income. You have to pay for the uh, realtor fees. And when you, you put all that together, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, you have to pay taxes on the appreciation. Um, mm -hmm. When you put all that together, you're, you're losing like 10% um, or maybe even a little more of the total purchase price. Whereas you can just refinance and take, you know, you can pretty easily take 80% of your value. And so you're getting a little bit less money total, like instead of getting 90% of the value after what you've paid and then not having an asset, you refinance and you have only 80% of the value, but you still have that asset that's probably, I mean, the way I've done it, they're all still cash flowing. They're still making me money. I still own them. And now I have a mortgage again, but I have these houses that I continue to own and will own for many, many years that are making me money. And I got all that money out. So I think refinancing, right. uh, except for, you know, there are definitely times when it makes sense, but I think if you can, you, should, you always want to keep the property. Sure, sure. Now, I mean, we, we want our tenants to pay these mortgages off. I, I'm kind of thinking, I agree with what you just said. Uh, I think when you get a bunch of equity, like, a, a, a you know, 100,000 plus or so, 
you know, and you want to jump from a single family or a duplex to eight. Sometimes it, 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 you know, that's when the 1031 is maybe more beneficial. As far as paying all those fees, I'm with you, man. I, I hate paying, especially realtor fees. My daughter's a realtor and she does really, really well, but I hate paying those fees. But, uh, oh, it just kills me. Uh, I know. Now, disclaimer, I am also a licensed realtor in the state of Illinois, and I, I would love to sell you guys a house if you're listening. <laughs> but, yeah. but if you can do it, I mean, I've, we've had very, very good luck, especially with, with income property, selling it without realtors. Um, you know, if you can do that and, and slide everything into the new unit, we've done that several times. And, you know, if we if we sold now, <laughs> we'd be in real deep trouble because we have all that depreciation that we'd have to recoup. But, uh, you know, the old saying, just keep trading up till you die, <laughs> you know, just keep going. And, and, you know, at some point, if you have enough cash flow there to have it managed, just just keep rolling it. You know, uh, you don't need to sell. Huh? All right. Absolutely. I feel like we could probably just go back and forth talking about this for another six hours. But, um, I think uh, that's a pretty good place to stop. But before sure. we go, I just want to ask you, what's your best advice for the secret of a happy life? You know, with respect to this, this, this business, I guess this has a lot to do with it. Um, there's a big price I put on my time um, and freedom. We've probably talked about this, but uh, I really, really like my freedom. Uh, getting into this business and making it a business, your only business, uh, you don't have to uh, be there eight hours a day. You know, you can hire people to do this. Uh, yes, it's a lot of hard work, but, you know, if you want to, take off for a week, you don't have to ask anybody about it. If you want to take off for two weeks or, or, uh, you know, take off in the middle of the day, you're not, you're not at that desk doing what's necessary. You know, when you get up in years, if you want to take two or three months and go to Florida, like I do, this business has allowed me to do that. Um, you know, you have to be persistent in what, uh, how you run it. You, uh, you surely can't be a softie when you're, you're a landlord. I think that might get you in trouble, but you know, I, there's, I just, sometimes I just lay in bed and, and I, I think, you know what, this is nice. I, the, all the work, all those years, decades, you know, a couple decades worth. Um, it's just, it's just all worth it. So, you know, if people are looking and, and they see how difficult it is, um, you know, look at the end game. You know, if you can have somebody pay these mortgages off and you be financially free and, and able to spend time with your, your family. You know, I was that nerdball dad that went into the schools and, and read with the kids and absolutely loved it. You know, it, it, you just can't put a price tag on doing things like that. All right. Wise words. Um, thank you, Terry, so much for being on our podcast today. Sure. Hey, it was great being with you. Um, I, I think you're right. Uh, John, we could probably be here for another hour and a half, uh, and I'd be glad to to share some things uh, that I've got noted down here. Maybe that's for another day. Hey, I'd love to have you back on. Awesome. So we'll make an appointment for that.
You guys have been listening to Terry Boone telling us the amazing story of how he went from zero to 125 units. And this is just fantastic. And it's not something that nobody else can do. This is basic stuff that if you just follow the general outline, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but you will get there. He, he talked about the pyramid method, which nowadays is more commonly referred to as the Burr method, which is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And you can just do this again and again and again until you build up a giant empire like Terry has. Um, we also talked about house hacking. You can buy a multifamily property, live in one unit. The rest of the units will pay your rent. You could live there for many years or move on to the next one the very next year. And you do this a few years in a row and suddenly you have 15, 20 units in the space of a few years. It's uh, definitely doable. So I hope this has been informative and entertaining for you guys. We're going to have new episodes every single Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.